Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the fifth episode of The Soccer Scene with myself, Adrian Finnan, and joined once again this evening by Noel O'Connor as we run the rule over all things 3D United, uh, including uh, last weekend's defeat to Cove Ramblers and the upcoming fixture with Athlone Town, as well as maybe touching a bit on, on the, the recent uh, results for, for the women's side at the very end as well. But, um, Noel, just to start off with, with the disappointment of, of last week, obviously Cove Ramblers coming to the Marks Field, uh, took away a 3-0 win, Wilson Moero scoring and Jack Doherty scoring a brace, uh, all in the second half, Noel, um, in front of over 700 spectators. Uh, it, was a, it was a disappointing evening. Look, it was um, kind of were a bit worried about it after the Kerry game. Um, you know, I, I think I, I would have said last week that, you know, that that result will look worse as the weeks go on. And then um, Galway hit, hit Kerry for nine, um, albeit uh, in Terryland Park. But um, I think one of the things I said, it, I thought that Treaty were a bit passive towards the end of the game. I thought that game was really there for, for the taking. Um, in Kerry, and you know, I, particularly when Kerry went down to ten men, I just you know I I would judge how well you did. I hear about managers about you know we had chances, we had chances. Is like you know you look at how well the opposition keeper played, and uh, I don't think he was that overworked in the second half. Now I would agree that Treaty last week probably should have scored a couple in the first half against against Kerry, but in the second half particularly the last 20 minutes, which is really, you know, where a lot of games are won and lost when the game's in the melting pot. And, uh, you know, it was an even game then on on Friday. Um, thought Cove, you know, had a real purpose about how they played. Um, Tommy changed the team up a bit, you know, had success on the right. I think he, he did play quite well. And But then something that we would have said here about, you know, the... The important thing for Treaty is to, to keep uh, Ender Kern as close to the opposition penalty box as possible. And then, you know, the opposition, we said it about Gray, uh, Bray with a degree of success in probably Galway, that they played a nice high line and, and kept him away. But then, you know, we had the situation on Friday night where he was playing actually nearly as a number 10, like a not an out and out striker, which I found a bit confusing, particularly when uh, Tommy was bold enough to go for as Tommy Lynch called it early in, in, in the LOI commentary, a, a kind of 4-2-4 um, with Connor Barry on one side and success on the other, if you like, you know, to fire the bullets into the box. And yet we had the top goal scorer from last season in in the league, you know, sitting in a kind of a deeper role. But um, overall, it was an even game. Um, ITL chances were few and far between, in fairness. To Treaty, they had a couple of good chances. I remember one very clever free kick. Um, I think they hit the butt of the post with it. And uh, Cove had a couple of half chances as well. But uh, when Cove went in front, I suppose, and that's the disappointing thing, is that last 10 or 15 minutes, um, I didn't see a huge amount from from Treaty. And, and it was Cove who drove on and uh, eventually came out with a 3-0 victory. Yeah, speaking on that, in the current decision, maybe to play him, you know, deeper as a kind of a sporting striker, a sporting attacking midfielder almost, um, who was sitting on Jason Abbott um for, for Cove at times, um in sporting Dean George, Noel. Um, you know, can you can you see any I know you can't see any merit in it, sorry, that's the wrong word. Obviously, you've made your opinion clear on that. I mean, what was the thought process uh behind it, do you think, Noel? Because obviously I know that Endicurrent look, he got off the mark against Kerry. 
Um, if people were expecting Enda to, to you know to do what he did again last season, because last season was a, a, a phenomenal achievement, it's probably unlikely, but he'd be hoping to get to, to double figures. But you know, was was you know, was the reason maybe to try and get him more involved in, in the game. I assume it was to get him more involved in, in the build-up uh play as well. But you know, I, I don't really know what the, the, the thinking was behind it, or maybe you could shed some light on it. I'm not quite sure. Look, obviously they you know, they train together a couple of nights a week. I, I'm not I'm not privy to that, you know. We, you know, he might be showing something in training that, you know, that we wouldn't know much. But like my experience of him is that he's an out and out goal scorer. He's he's a poacher, you know, he's lethal inside in the box. Um, if there's a ball across coming in, you know, in and it beats the first man, he's invariably there or thereabouts, you know, he's good in the air. You know, and he's got some fine finishes with his with his feet as well. So I wasn't quite sure. I I could see the merit, if you like, just a little bit in terms of the attack side. But I certainly did get a bit of a shiver up my spine when when Tommy Lynch said four two four because you know the the other side of this league is you certainly have to be solid and you know and if you're not, you you are likely to concede goals. And I know it didn't happen until the last ten or fifteen minutes, but. I mean, the pattern for me was a late goal against Bray, um, a late lack of effort, if you like, against Kerry and, you know, three goals in the last, well, two particularly in the last 10 minutes of, of, of the game on Friday night, when particularly when you're a goal down or as in Kerry where you're mad for a win and they're playing against 10 men that you kind of dominate that last part of the game and peppered the opposition. You may well not get the goal that you want, but that's because that the keepers made a couple of brilliant saves and you and you've hit the post or hit the bar or someone has, has missed a sitter or whatever. And we just don't see that at the moment. And that's a little bit of a worry. I don't know if it's a fitness thing. Um it's a bit hard to judge, you know. Um, but it's a bit of a worry that in general Unlike last year, maybe, and the year before, even if Treaty were a goal down, and they, they certainly, I can recall matches in my head where they came back with late equalisers, even against that loan, I think, last year. I remember a Shelburne game, two of them, actually, I think, one in or one in the Marcus Field and one above in Talca Park, where, you know, where they come up with very late goals. And there's just no sign of that happening this season, uh, certainly so far, and it certainly is a bit of a worry. Yeah, certainly. I suppose you did mention, all that it was for long periods until maybe the last 25 minutes anyway, uh, a very evening, even, even, excuse me, contest uh, on Friday night. Um, and, and Tommy Barrett did mention after the game and he was bemoaning, you know, the fact that when his team do get chances, they don't take them. There was evidence of that, obviously, in all, because and the current had a couple of chances in the first half, one that where there was a deflected strike that hit the post. And then he had one at the very back post where I felt he, he totally mistimed his jump uh, for a header actually which meant that it just kind of sailed into the arms of Lee Stacey and Willie Armstrong missed the chance albeit the game was over at the very end but struck it straight at the goalkeeper it does seem to be a case of when 3D do get you know those chances that I, I, don't, I couldn't say if it's a lack of conviction or whether it's just a, a lack of quality and composure but there is maybe a, a combination of all three things but even when they do get into those chances which isn't all you know I wouldn't say it's few and far between but it is effectively few and far between in the first four games that they don't seem to be able to capitalise on them at all No and I think you're right and the other side of that is they're probably the same amount of chances that that they created in probably most matches last year. Only yeah. one or two of them went in, and then you know you you don't think about the two they missed. 
yeah. you know, or the three they missed if 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 they drew one all or or if they win one nil. And obviously, it's it's very noticeable when you're looking at that and people are looking at the goals. You know, one goal in four games. You know, it's it's it it is a worry from that point of view. And you could see what was in Tommy's head on Friday night, putting success on the right and. Connor Barry on the left and, you know, playing with two up front realistically because I know we saw Ender dropping a bit deep, but, like, you know, no one believed that he was going to make a huge contribution to to to, to the midfield, you know, and I think the, the, the setup of the midfield, you know, was what Tommy thought as well because he had two more sitting midfielders, if you like, and I know Lee, uh, Lee Devitt does break forward and has scored an odd goal and has a few strikes, but in general, he is what you call a sitting midfielder. Mark Wilde certainly the same. So, you know, he, he's obviously gone on the double there to kind of protect that area, knowing that that end maybe wouldn't do the work that other midfielders would do. But then that's not what he's there for, as far as I'm concerned. He's there to to get in the box and score goals. And, and that's the magic that he brings. And that's what brought, you know, a lot of the good results last year. And uh, I certainly wouldn't be moving him from that position. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see and we will discuss the, the team for at loan later on. But you mentioned success, Erdogan and all, and you have been, I, mean, I suppose, a bit critical of him in, in recent weeks in terms of you don't maybe think he shows enough maybe inventiveness or, you know, uh, for, for the want of a better word, likes of uh, composure on the field maybe. And, and, and it, you know, on Friday night, in fairness, despite what was a relatively slow start, I thought uh, Keane Brown at left full had done okay uh, for Cove Ramblers, but then success drew a couple of fouls from him and obviously in the second half had a couple of shots and seemed to have the beating of him. It was probably one of his better displays for 3D, to be fair. I think so. I suppose my, my criticism of him is not so much his lack of inventiveness, but like from what, what I know, he's a very quick player, you know, has real pace and... Uh, which is a real asset for any player to have. And from I just didn't see him kind of utilising it. Do you know, I go back to the time, you know, where we had the likes of Gary Sheen around the pace and he certainly had pace and you certainly knew he had pace, you know, when you saw him playing because every chance he got, he was on, he was on his bike, if you like. And uh, I just felt for such a big guy as well um, that he seemed to go down very easy. Now, he didn't do any... Uh, sorry, he didn't do that on Friday. Um... I'm sure he was probably bursting for a game as well. You know, he's kind of looking at himself as a striker and you have Dean George and then the Kern there and mm. he's certainly not, not getting in ahead of them as a striker when, you know, when both of them are fit. So I suppose the chance to play on the wide area is the next best thing. And certainly with the attributes he has, he he should um, he should do well there and he has some experience of a striker. So he should know what kind of a ball a striker likes to receiving the box as well when he's out there. So that's another um another asset for him, if you like. And I think overall, you know, it it it, it was a good move and I, I would expect to see more of him there. And again, we will be looking at the other side of it, particularly away from home. He's got to do the other side of the game as well. And that's um get back and support his full back and just make the uh the midfield solid. And I suppose if there's one thing that all the wide players have not maybe done enough of it this season is that work because they all read the possession stats and in general it's 48 or 52 or 49 or 51 percent possession which means for half the game you don't have the ball and you know guys have to think hard about what they're doing for that half of of, of the match when he's when your own team is out of possession 
Yeah, absolutely. I suppose we we touched on it earlier on, but what the hallmark of the the three United teams for the last couple of years and all is the solidity, and you know we were blue in the face from talking about that, um, which I suppose makes the start to the season a bit more worrying, particularly the the relative capitulation. I know a treaty were going for an equaliser, so those two goals laid on, which came from a lively Jack Doherty, whereas a consequence of that as well. Um, I suppose in, in some ways, one man who we were very happy to, and still are very happy to have back with treaty is Anthony O'Donnell at centre-back, but he has endured a tough couple of first outings at the Markets Field in particular, and all. obviously they had that mistake, which I suppose you could categorise in the unfortunate uh, area on the opening night against Bray. Uh, but obviously... Uh, uh, tougher one to take for him we'll say that they got the, the mistake that led to the third goal uh, for Jack Doherty which was very uncharacteristic uh, of Anto O'Donnell so I suppose do you have a bit of that as well Noel don't you it's typical of football like everything that Anto O'Donnell touched in 2021 went right and sometimes you just have to get over these periods where they, they, they go wrong because it's just the nature of football yeah and he's been out for a year as well look I, I wouldn't have any uh, doubts about Anto O'Donnell we can see what he can do he's a real, I think he's a prototype centre half for 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 that division, um, you know, and it's not something that he normally does. In fairness, make a sharp pass because in general, when he gets on the ball, it's fifty or sixty yards up the field. And look, I'm absolutely fine with that. Um, we spoke about his threat from set plays. It's it's the second kind of error, if you like. All right, in four games, and he will be disappointed about that. Um, I I I was a small bit surprised about the the substitution of Mark Walsh. I have to say. Um, with the score being at at one nil, um, there was a real chance still that there could have been a point got in that match, you know, with however minutes to go. And I would have thought that Andy Spain was the guy to take off, you know, in terms of leaving a bit of experience on the pitch. And uh, I would have thought it would have been a better idea to take Andy Spain off and maybe put Mark Walsh back alongside Anto O'Donnell. Um, for that last few minutes, you know, because at that stage, I think Mark Ludden was already gone off as well, and Dean George was gone off. So you you know, experience is so important in that league, and uh, he might have just you know had a little word in his ear or calm the whole thing down back there and say, look, we'll stick at it, don't concede anymore, we'll play it till the ninety fifth minute, and we'll see if we can nick a goal. And I I thought that was lacking as well on Friday. Yeah, it's uh, uncharted territory, Noel, for, for this team, to be fair. Um, I just mentioned about, you know, Anthony O'Donnell when, you know, 2021, he scored six goals. He's a colossus at the back. Obviously, I don't remember him really making any mistake that led to a goal. Then you have a couple in the first four games here. So it's all about your character. But that can be said for the whole team, Noel, because for the last two seasons, and it was something that the management team had really got across is that you want to get points on the board as much as possible, as early as possible. And that was the case for them in the last two seasons, really. Um, now you have a totally different scenario in their third season uh, where a lot of these players, the players that were there last year and then the players that have come back that were there the year before, haven't had this kind of start to the season. So a real test for them overall. No, absolutely. And it's tough. It's a tough, tough position to be in. Um... The league is unforgiving, really, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And look, there's no real chance to... You never have much time to start things out like you're you're barely over one game and after a couple of days, you know, you're only a couple of days away from the next one and, you know, you're trying to plan and, and see what you can do. And um, it's... Yeah, it, it is really tough. And as you said, the last couple of years, like, they've been kind of looking back at fifth place and they've always had this cushion, you know, that they've been maybe six, eight or nine points 
away from fifth place, if you like, and now they're looking at the table and you know they're they're probably six points off it. Um and look, but a couple of wins can change that very easy. Um they've got to keep uh to keep their heads. Um the experienced voices around the place are going to be important. Um and I think it's important to keep them as on the pitch as long as you can. And they certainly need to um to tighten up in terms of whatever about conceding one goal, you know, they can't really be conceding two or three in a in a short space of time, which in fairness only has happened on Friday, but it, it, it doesn't give you much chance to get um the kind of result you need. Um, I think they might have to go a little bit more conservative now, certainly away from home, and try and keep the score at nil all for as long as they can. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, I suppose in terms of changes for the Atlone Town game, Noel, to the team, uh, you've already mentioned that maybe you would have put Mark Walsh at centre-back for the last 15 minutes of the, the Cove-Rambras match. A suggestion maybe... I would think, could you bring in Alec Byrne into midfield next to Lee Davis, Noel, and put Mark Walsh into centre-back um, with Anto O'Donnell? Because I do know those players did have at least six or seven games in 2021 when Sean Gearns was injured together and didn't really put a foot wrong. Uh, do you think that, that, well, it's certainly an option, but do you think that's a, a possibility for Tommy Barrett? Yeah, I think it's a good option as well. Um, I actually was thinking about it and I haven't seen a lot of um, Andy Spain play, but I've heard he's a very a very fit fit individual, very strong and fit guy, good athletic guy, and I think he may well be an option to play right back. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke to a few people, and I remember myself. Um, I used to even with center halves if they were young, bar the exceptional ones, um, maybe play them as full backs, you know, for a number of games before you put them into the middle, and, and just to get that, you know. Yeah, well, I think Conor Molan was a noticeable one. I know oh, Paul Finucan played left full as well before he went in centre half. We we obviously had Brian Brian Buckley initially playing left back, who could certainly play centre half. Um, with, with his pace and with his strength, and you know, it would make that right side a bit more solid. I think um, with success there as well, good good experience at the back. Obviously, two fellas who know each other well. Um, I presume Mark Ludden will will start as well. And in fairness to the keeper, I think he's he hasn't really done a whole lot wrong either since he came yes. in in you know in the two. I games. haven't actually spoken about him, Noel. Really, I, I feel yeah. a, maybe that's a, a good thing. I suppose in, in two games. It is a good thing for him. Yeah, best. absolutely. Yeah, he <laughs> looks very very composed, very relaxed, and uh, you know, there's a decent back five like. I mean, I am a bit surprised that Alec Byrne hasn't started a game. I certainly thought he'd start in Kerry. I thought it would be a very good game for him to start. He didn't start there. You know, he's come on maybe, again, they're kind of chasing the game when he's coming on. Um, and I think himself and Lee Devitt might be the right combination for, for next week. They certainly have to get a hold of the ball more. With the pace of success on the right, someone like Alec Byrne maybe could give him something to run it. So, so the team can actually utilize his pace and that brings a bit of excitement to the to the supporters as well when they see that you know that kind of football um Stephen Christopher came on I think as well so you probably look yeah. at him maybe playing behind Ender Curran yeah you mentioned and, that Noel uh, that you feel that maybe you know against that loan away from home click away from home considering the run you're on 
chances are it's not going to be a 4-4-2 from Treaty or a 4-2-4. It's probably going to be a bit more conservative and maybe a bit more like last year. So, you know, Stephen Christopher playing in behind Ender Curran with maybe Dean George moving to the wing is is a high possibility, I'd imagine. It is, yeah. Um, I, I'm i not so sure. Dean George, I I just felt the way he was going off that, that he had picked up some kind of a strain. So whether he's going to be fit that quick. Um, I wasn't kind of banking on that, but obviously if he was, I, I, I certainly like him there on the left. Um, and in fairness to Conor Barry, didn't do too bad there either um, on Friday night before his substitution. So look, there's still a good, t- uh, a good solid team there. A nice mix, nice and solid, three in the middle. And, you know, we need to see more of Alec Bourne, I think. You know, he's probably a, a midfielder that really have been crying out for, for the last couple of years. And uh, the sooner he starts getting a few minutes into him, um, I think the better. Yeah, and, and I suppose a word on that low and all they, they had a very fast start. Um, and you uh, quite um, amusingly quipped that their league title uh, was over after after two weeks, their league title charge. But they have had two defeats uh, since then, obviously against two Southeast sides, uh, Wexford, and then lost 1-0 to Waterford. And it was an absolute, in fairness, the, the only difference, well, not the only difference on the scoreboard anyway, uh, between the two sides on Friday night was a, a fabulous free kick from from Shane Griffin uh, of Waterford, to be fair. Now, we know that Atlohan made, you know, huge strides, Noel, that they're very uh, continent, uh, cosmopolitan lineup actually, as well. Um, but they they made huge strides towards the end of last year. They still have a good few Rose players there, Patrick Hickey, the midfielder, and the Minogue, the goalkeeper. Um, but they have a couple of um, very lively uh, players as well in, in that squad. And we do know that Treaty, probably last season, there was a lot put on it, but they had a, two of their probably uh, worst displays were in at the Atlon Town Stadium. So they can't allow that get into their head or their psyche. No, absolutely not. And look, it is, it is a, a week that you know you are, you know, you have to build guys up and keep at them and keep working on them. And you know, I think you know it has to be, it has to be defensive. Um, they have to minute by minute keep the game at nil all. You know, if they can nick a goal, great. But certainly, if they can't, the longer the game goes at nil all, that's the thing now. Because if if you start to leak goals, you know, it's sometimes it can be hard to stop. And again, we go back to the Cove game and, you know, the score, it may well be flattering for Cove, but, you know, it just ended the goals went in kind of easy. And that was the real worry about it. The, every chance they seemed to get there in the second half, it just went into the net. And you might say that's a bit of luck, but the other side of that is, you know, you'd expect to repel a few of those maybe and maybe keep it a 2-0 and maybe go and nick a goal and you might still lose. But, the, you know, the 3-0 had a bit of an emphatic ring about it and, um, they certainly need to keep that tight next week and try and keep that clean sheet as long as they can above in um, Athlone. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to go for a 1-0 3 United win of old, Noel. What's your own prediction? Um, I'll go for one all, and I think that Tommy will be happy to get a point and stop the rot and uh, look forward to big game the following week at home to Waterford. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I hope you're wrong, Noel. But um, there's going to be plenty of big games on in the first division. Um, none other than Gal- Galway now against Cove, Noel. Uh, it's a top of the table clash, even early doors. Obviously, Galway have four wins from four and a, a demolishing of, of Kerry uh, last week. But a really good start 
Um, they go to St. Coleman's Park and obviously Cove three wins and, and a draw in, in their opening games. Um, it brings back to the days, maybe, Noel, doesn't it, of when, when uh, St. Coleman's Park was the death knell to many a uh, Limerick FC uh, promotion push. I suppose you know a bit about that yourself. I know some of the heartbreak coming out of St. Coleman's Park. Um, they'll be looking to try and, and get that fortress going again this season. Yeah, and the real problem with that was I would have coached most of those players uh, at Cork City before they um, destroyed Limerick's promotion hopes. But anyway, uh, look, I think it'll be a right good game. It, it certainly will be like uh, an old St. Coleman's Park, I'd say, with a real raucous crowd under. And uh, look, John Caulfield will be delighted with that as well. And Ali, uh, Ali Horgan, you have to say that Galway seem to be really on a, on, a, on, a, on a big run. They seem to be able to Is get the goal. Look, it's very early to say, but if you ask me who do I think is going to win on Friday night, I think Galloway are going to win on Friday night. Albeit, with, you know, with Coe's good start, obviously they're better than they were last year, but, you know, are, are they better than Galloway United? I, I'm not so sure. And uh, I would think that that Galloway will probably do enough to get a win there and, 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 and keep their impressive start going. Yeah, and two sides, Noel, with very similar starts also uh, play each other with Watford uh, taking on Bray at the RSC as well. Um, I suppose, look, Watford will be will be happy with the response to losing uh, to, to Galway as well. Uh, Bray Wanderers have, have been tipping along uh, in the league. I suppose it's a hard one to call, but just going by home advantage, I, I would go for a, a Watford win in this one. Yeah, well, I'm going to go for a draw. And I think Waterford still aren't firing all the defence an awful lot tonight. Yeah, well, I'm only trying to get the result right. That's all rather than sitting <laughs> on the fence. But look, I think, I, think Bray, um, I think Bray are going to be good this year. I don't think they're going to be as good as Waterford and, and, and Galloway. And I think if it was at the latter end of last season, I'd certainly be fancying Waterford. But I don't think that they've come close to hitting those kind of heights. And I think Bray you know, are, are not conceding a lot of goals either. And I think there's a little bit of goal threat, so I could certainly see that as as, as a draw. Yeah, and, and I, I really, I suppose, if you're looking at it from Billy Dennehy's point of view, and all with Kerry, coming off the back of losing 9-1 uh, to, to Galway in the league, the last place you want to be going to is away at all, but the last place you want to be going to is a Wexford side that picked up four points from six, another lengthy trip. Um, That's certainly not something. This will be a real test uh, for Kerry as well, but there's going to be a lot of them. And in fairness, even after last week, I suppose it was it was encouraging for for to see the the reaction uh, from the Kerry public. There wasn't a lot of unbelievable criticism uh, like you might see in Limerick in the past. And um, there was a lot of support for for the Kerry players, uh, cons- considering uh, the result as well. Yeah, look, it was a real bad night at the office. Um, I. I, I just think, and I do think the Wexford will be good enough to win regardless, but, you know, they'll mm. certainly be working on their defence all the week, Gary, I'd say. And uh, they may well be prove, you know, to be difficult to break down. And um, it's probably the worst thing you can do is probably meet a team that, you know, that has conceded nine goals the following week because there's only one thing going to be undermined. On, undermines and that, you know, to be as solid as they can. But I think there's enough good players in Wexford that they'll probably get a goal or two, I doubt it'll be anything like uh, what happened last Friday night. Yeah, prob- probably not and, and hopefully not, I suppose, as well for our for our <laughs> Munster neighbours. Um, on, on a last note, uh, Longford Town host Finn Harps. No, no, whatever about the rest of the games, this would be incredible. I, I went for a draw on this one myself, to be honest, uh, probably because these two teams have been drawing a lot of their games anyway, uh, early doors. Um, 
you know, it's it's very early with both of these literally being new squads and all. I mean, Stephen Henderson, Dave Rogers probably had the most upheaval in terms of uh, the overturn in, in their squads uh, over pre-season. So it's going to take another few weeks before you can read where these sides may be uh, in the league, isn't it? I think so, yeah. And I think you're right about the draw. Bodrum obviously is struggling to score goals in particular. Uh, I think the more impressive start has certainly been Longford's, I think, from you know from where from where they were. And uh, losing Sam Verdon and that, I think, in fairness to Stephen, you know, he's obviously put a bit of steel into them and maybe a bit of old-style management. Uh, they had a great win below Waterford as well. And um, they're just tipping along nicely. He'd be delighted that they're not conceding because all you need is one goal and to get, you know, your three points. And if, if I was leaning one day, I probably wouldn't lean towards Longford, but I think uh, it'll probably be, it probably will end up in a draw. Yeah, and, and I suppose on a, a final note to finish, Noel, we go to the three United women's side. Uh, I suppose speaking of of upheaval and overturns the squad, there's been a, a lot of uh, Canadian imports coming into the three United squad under new manager Alvin Hoysa. Now they were, you know, unlucky from what I I believe, uh, not to get a point out of the opening game where they lost one nil to Bohemians at the Markets Field. Coming up against a really good Shamrock Rovers squad was always going to be very hard uh, last week and a four nil defeat. Um, obviously yet to get off the mark which I suppose has shades of, of last season worryingly the only thing about it is Noel you would expect this side uh, there seems to be a bit of a revitalisation in terms of the you know um, the motivation in the squad uh, as I said a lot of change because last season was particularly hard um, I suppose the only way is up uh, Noel you'd imagine for 3D United uh, women's squad this year but you know they will be desperate to get off the mark in terms of points as soon as they can Absolutely, yeah. and it's tough, and there's some really good sides out there. There's a lot of experienced players playing in that league, you know, um, the likes of Wexford and Shelburne, Piedmont and Shamrock Rovers because of their, you know, their ability to recruit the best are probably a little bit away. You know, they'll be looking at the games maybe against against Galway and Cork. Obviously, I should have mentioned that loan there as well, you know, who doing, yeah. who are obviously doing, doing very well too. So it'll be... The match is probably against the DLR Waves, you know, possibly Bowes again. Um, Galway and Cork are the ones that, you know, that they need to target. But uh, look, um, I, I see there's a sprinkling of very young players in the team as well. A yeah. girl from from Wesley, Mickey, if you like, I think she's only about 17. Katie Lawley, I think she played in the, in the Gainer Cup a few years ago. So um, big step up for her at her age, but that's probably the way to go. Um, provided that they can hold on to the players. You know, which I'm sure they can. The advantage of the colleges here as well, UL, um, I'm sure is 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 will will be a help to them in terms of players coming in there and maybe wanting to play at that level.